Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Mailbag Podcast. I am your host, Rob Howe. It may not be morning for you. It's morning for me. Tuesday, December 14th, 9.22 a.m. Central Time. Yeah, I was uh, not sure I was going to do the mailbag today. I was thinking about, uh, again, incorporating some substance before style podcasts in here but never got around to that last week so you can listen to me babble here for a little bit on uh various hawkeye sports topics including several of your questions didn't have a lot this week and that's kind of what i anticipated um not a lot going on it's finals week at the university of iowa uh we do have uh iowa football signing day tomorrow uh, the 20, what is that? The 15th, excuse me. Iowa has uh, 14 kids in the class, 13 kids in the class. I would anticipate uh, that number. I'll bring this up now. Um, I would anticipate that number hopping up uh, tomorrow. Um, I think uh, real good chance Iowa's going to pull some guys that visited this past weekend. Um, TJ Hall, a defensive back from North Carolina, uh, or North Carolina, from California. Um, also, um, Alondo Trader, defensive back from um, Jackson, Michigan. These are off the top of my head. I apologize. So I think TJ Hall and Alondo Trader, are, Iowa has a real good chance with those. Um, uh, Kieran, Kieran Crawford, uh, defensive defensive end from uh, Georgia, uh, also officially visited this past weekend. I think Iowa sits really well with him. He announced last night, I think he's down to Iowa and Arkansas State. It was kind of cool to see uh, when he announced his two finalists, two seniors at Pleasant Hill Southeast Polk, both encouraged him to follow uh, them to their respective schools that they're committed to. Xavier Wongpa going to Iowa, Jackson Daly, a quarterback from Southeast Polk, uh, going to Arkansas State. So we'll see what happens with uh, Karan Crawford. Uh, but I think Iowa sits really well with those three, Hall, Trader, Crawford, uh, and then Landon Van Kekricks, 
um, from Boyden Hall Rock Valley. Um, he's an athlete who also officially visited this weekend. He's one of those, I don't know, diamonds in a rough, uh, under the radar recruits, however you want to classify what Iowa does late in the process with kids like this. Um, he's 6'2", 195, played multiple positions. Uh, it's South Dakota, South Dakota State, and Iowa. Uh, those are the three schools that have offered Landon. Uh, I've reached out to him, have not heard back. I don't see, uh, haven't seen much written about him. I think he's a pretty quiet guy. So he fits the, uh, he fits the uh, mold of a under the radar, Josie Jewell, not comparing him to Josie Jewell, just saying that type of under the radar kid um, who Iowa identifies as a, a somebody who's, who will succeed at this level while others don't. Um. And then you got Cone Entringer, uh, Entringer, Entringer, Cone Entringer. He's, uh, he also officially visited this past weekend, and he is an athlete from Wald Lake Western High School in Michigan. Um, he's got uh, his official visits were to Boston College, Iowa, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Iowa got the last official out of him, so he's choosing between those four schools. I would say of the guys that are um, potential commitments on Wednesday, tomorrow, Tuesday, or Wednesday, December 15th, sign, early signing period, uh, he's probably the longest of shots, but I still think Iowa sits pretty well with him. But going against Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, particularly for a kid from Michigan, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough pull. So, I think they get at least four of those kids. At least I would say at least three of those kids: Hall, Trader, Van Keckericks, I think are all Iowa bound. Uh, I think Crawford's Iowa bound, but I have been un- unable to connect with him, so I don't have a lot of insight with him. But you're looking at Iowa and Arkansas State. I mean you know, Big Ten or Sunbelt, I think uh, Iowa's probably in pretty good shape with him. He uh, also had offers from Austin P, Nebraska, South Florida, uh, Tennessee State, Tennessee Martin, Western Kentucky. Uh, he is from Eads, Tennessee. So interesting. Uh, it's an interesting um, collection of locations for the the guys that came in this past weekend you got hall from california enriger and trader from michigan uh crawford from tennessee and then van keckericks from um northwest iowa so be interesting to see how uh that shakes out with those five and then i will probably look at the transfer portal Iowa will you know look for guys in the late signing period we'll have to see who else if anybody else, I, I think it's safe to say uh, we learned yesterday Riley Moss was going to the NFL. He could have come back for su- super senior. You've got uh, Charlie Jones considering it. I think Linderbaum's a done deal um, uh, to go. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a constant puzzle now with the, with the transfer portal. I was currently at twelve commits in the two thousand twenty two class. Um, so. It's going to be a smaller class as it is. If you can get, you know, at least four of those guys tomorrow, that puts you at 16, and you're probably in pretty good shape. A coffee sip.
Sorry, that was a long one. Um, I need a lot of coffee today. So that, that probably puts you in pretty good shape. You're going to want to probably grab at least a couple guys out of the transfer portal, perhaps on, on one or both of the lines. So, um, and then we'll see. We'll see who goes into the transfer portal, uh, maybe, you know, before the bowl and then certainly after the bowl once guys get an idea of where they stand during bowl prep. So be interesting to see where that, uh, where that ends up. I think we've got, let's see, one, two, three, four of the 12 are defensive players are projected to be defensive players in this class. So eight of the 12, obviously uh, are uh, offensive players. And uh, that's, I think everybody listening would agree Iowa that's where Iowa needs its most help, but I would not expect any of these guys to come in and, you know, light the world on fire right away from an offensive standpoint, maybe with the exception of the two running backs, Caleb Johnson and Jesuan Patterson. Um, I think both of those guys are, uh, are potential contributors in year one with Tyler Goodson moving on. We'll have to see what happens behind Gavin Williams here. Uh, in this bowl prep. So something to keep an eye on there. Um, let's, let's hop into some questions here. Um, this was from December 12th, which would have been, ooh, I don't know, when was December 12th? Well, today's the 14th, so the 12th would have been on Sunday. And uh, Kitchen Under the Sink, and this was sent to me on Sunday. Um, I continue to do this, and I know it's probably annoying to some of you folks that are listening or regular listeners, but for those who are not, um, anytime during the week between the time you're listening to this podcast and the next time that I record a mailbag podcast. Now, again, we've gotten to the point now where this these may not be on a regular basis, but if I see that there is enough interest there, I will continue to do these, but I may fold in some uh, substance before style podcasts on the Hawk fanatic feed. Um, but anybody, you know, after you listen to this, if a question pops into your mind or you're watching, you know, doing something this week, watching the Hawkeye basketball on Saturday, seeing stories on recruits, um, looking at stories on bowl prep, any of that stuff, um, and have a question you'd like me to answer or a comment that we can talk about uh, just use the hashtag the hashtag HF mail that's hashtag HF mail anytime during the week and I'll come back and uh, hit that up so that's what I've done with Kinnick under the kitchen at Ingle underscore Hawk cave on Twitter do you think part of the inability on offense especially with receivers could be they know they won't get the ball much, so they start pressing, thinking this may be their only touch of the game, so I have to make it count. Then more drops happen. Certainly a possibility, and one I've certainly considered before, Kinnick. Um, th- this just does – it just – it you know, for lack of a better description um, and a more intricate and involved description, it just looked harder on offense for Iowa this year. Uh, against you know decent to good teams on offense it just looked like they were running in mud or trying to run in mud that you know and it wasn't 
all bad. You know, we even saw it, you know, in the Big Ten championship games, particularly on that first drive, you know, guys were making plays, they were getting some chunk plays, and then it just bogs down. And, you know, it's the inconsistency and the inability to put drives together, scoring drives in particular. The red zone was awful this year. Uh, Credit to Caleb Shudak for, you know, 23 of 27 uh, on field goals this year, which really saved Iowa, Uh, particularly, I think, against Nebraska and Illinois. He was really efficient and really integral in, in winning those games. Sorry, he didn't lose me another coffee set. Um, so yeah, I I wonder sometimes <clears throat> just not having any flow to the offense in addition to maybe pressing and dropping passes because you know you're only going to get so many targets in a game um, that you know um, it, it might come down to just not having a rhythm, uh, you know, quarterback receiver. And then this year they're playing two quarterbacks. So then that's a difference in the way the ball comes in. Uh, that shouldn't matter. I know if you're a receiver, if you're somebody listening to the podcast who is a receiver, anything in your radius is supposed to be caught. And I get that, but there is a rhythm to an offense, a rhythm that you get into. And Iowa looked like it had very little, little rhythm throughout the season hit some plays, but just, you know, having a rhythm in the passing game has not been there uh, this season. Uh, and, and I think that you can also um, attribute some of that to the inability to run, which allows defenses to do, you know, get you behind the sticks and then is able to dedicate more defenders to the pass because you've had, you know, struggles to run the ball. Iowa just needs to revamp this thing run from, you know, more spread sets. Um, it's nice to be able to get up there in the line and just have a big package and just run through people. But Iowa has not had the ability to do that. You know, there are times this year where the, uh, you know, towards the, excuse me, particularly in November, where the inside, inside zone worked much better than it did earlier in the season. But then Michigan pretty much shut that down. So, um and, and, and maybe that's just Michigan being a really good defense. Um, but you, you can't rely on that next year because the man who made it work inside, Tyler Linderbaum, the center, consensus All-American, by the way, congratulations to the Solon graduate. Um, whoever takes over at center, maybe you get somebody in the transfer portal. Maybe it's Mike Mislinski. Maybe it's Justin Britt. Whoever takes over at center, um, you know, is is going to be a drop off from Linderbaum. It just is. That's not. That's not to be negative towards any of his replacements. He just has been the best center that I've seen at Iowa in the 25 years I've been covering, and that includes you know some really good players: Bruce Nelson, uh, James Daniels, um, James Ferentz. There have been a lot of really good centers that have come through here. Uh, and I would put him at the top of that list. So now you're not going to have maybe the ability to run as well inside. I think you need to, to, I don't think you need to get away from zone blocking. 
uh, but you may need to try some different schemes in those zones and then also incorporate some hat on hat as well. And I know I'm going all, way off your question here, Kinnick, but I think all of that, all of that, it's not just, re- and I, and you're, I know you're not insinuating that it's just the receivers dropping passes, which are, which is the problem with the offense. It's not, it's, uh, it's part of it, but there's so much more than that when your offense is struggling as bad as Iowa's offense has struggled this year. So it, it, it all, it all comes into play, um, you know, from top to bottom, uh, from play calling to scheme to execution, um, all of those things come into play here and we'll have to kind of see what adjustments changes even that Iowa may make this off season. Um, but hopefully whatever they do, it doesn't look so hard next year that the offense gets it, is able to get into a rhythm and there are going to be games where it does look hard, but it shouldn't look hard for most of the season. And yes, Iowa had some games where the offense clicked, um, but the running game was not good this year, particularly against, you know, the better teams. Um, so that is pretty much the basis for fixing this thing, how to get the running game going and then off of play action. Uh, you can get into the passing game. And yeah, when you don't run the ball and you're putting pressure on your receivers to make plays on, you know, third on third and long, I'm sure there's some pressing on there. And some of that was, you know, young receivers in, in uh, Arlen Bruce, the fourth and, and Keegan Johnson, um, Tyrone Tracy, who's on his way out, never really got into a rhythm this year. He seemed to get, a, you know, had to go in early in the season and then just, you know, and, and there were some drops in there from him too, that, you know, he would take responsibility for, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, need to be better in all phases of offense. No question about that. Thank you for the question, Kinnick. Uh, got a couple more that have come in um, today. Uh, Randy Kopecky at RJK Hawk on Twitter. That's RJK Hawk on Twitter. Check him out. And I always encourage people if you're listening to the. Actually, I don't. I don't always do this. I should do this. These are Hawkeye fans that are asking questions of me. So follow them on Twitter. Converse, talk about yourselves. The more mature kind of conversation that happens on Twitter, the better. I'm all for it. Uh, Randy asks, rub your crystal ball. Hey, this is a family podcast. Uh, what quarterbacks play in the Citrus Bowl? I would think we continue to see O-line improvement. So do they use it for a true evaluation of the quarterback? Yeah, that's a great point, Randy. Um, you got a month here to take steps forward as an offensive line. Again, not going to look exactly like this in 2022 with Tyler Linderbaum gone, mo- most likely gone. Um, so uh, I think we should probably brace ourselves for that, that he we've seen the last of Tyler uh, at the high school level or high school, or the college level. Uh, I did so- see on ESPN today on Todd McShay's uh, mock first round, he had Tyler going 16th to Cincinnati, which would be a cool landing spot for him because Cincinnati needs some help on the interior of that line before Joe Burrow gets killed. Uh, also, Joe Mixon could use some bigger holes to run through on the inside of that line. So chance there. I think Cincinnati with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, 
they've got some opportunities on, on, you know, on offense and with a pretty solid defense to maybe make some moves here. So it'd be cool to see Tyler go there and help a building program as opposed to going to a program uh, that is uh, rebuilding and going to lose a lot. I'm sure Tyler would appreciate that, but um, I do expect to see some offensive line improvement and maybe some more solidification of that unit and maybe a little less uh, rotation at some of the positions than we've seen throughout the year. Maybe Cody Ince can get a little bit more healthy uh, and give it a, give it a go in the bowl game. Uh, But it may be best just to kind of wait and shut him down and, 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 uh, focus him on the spring and next season. Cause I think he could be, he could be a really big part of next year's offensive line. So uh, provided he's healthy. So yeah, I, I do think there'll be improvements there. And I think every practice rep, every rep in the game, Randy is an evaluation of the quarterbacks. And if you look at it, um, you talked about a true evaluation both quarterbacks, for the most part, are dealing with the same circumstances, whether that's, you know, a leaky piece on the offensive line, um, inability for guys to get open as receivers, inability to run the ball and being put in situations where the defense knows you're going to throw. It, it's tough to make it 50-50 equal, even Steven all the way through for both quarterbacks. But I think you can get a pretty good evaluation through your 15 bowl practices and then giving them both both an opportunity in the game because, yeah, it would be great to get to 11 wins. Um, not a lot of teams have done that in Iowa history. I don't have the number off the top of my head. It's not a lot. Um, but really, to me, um, this is about winning championships. Um, and Iowa should be preparing now to win a championship for next year. I know you, that, you know, there's some, um, you owe it to some of the seniors that are playing in this bowl that could opt out a la Tyler Linderbaum, or if anybody else opts out that, uh, you know, to win this game, they're playing to win the game, they're practicing to win the game. But the, at the base of that is trying to figure out your quarterback situation for next year. And if that's giving them, you know, you know, I, I do think that Spencer Petrus, if healthy, will start this game. Um, and then beyond that, you know, it was said again at the, you know, at the Big Ten championship game that he was hurt. And that's why uh, Alex Padilla came in. And I don't doubt that he took a heck of a shot when he was scrambling and running, uh, which he isn't normally. Uh, and he's been dinged up all year. So it could have been a cumulative effect as well. Big coffee sip there. Um, I know this goes against all broadcasting and recording and and podcast rules to eat or drink during it, but I don't give a flip because it's in the morning and I'm, I'm thirsty. Um, It's, but it's more to do with the caffeine. Who, Who am I lying to here? Who am I kidding? But uh, this is the time because, uh, and Scott Docterman and I, Scott Docterman from the Athletic and I have talked about this a lot on the Hotspot podcast, which uh, which drops on Thursdays. 
this is a chance for you to evaluate and then assess and and be open with these two quarterbacks because there's a chance that maybe they both stay and go through spring practice, but there's probably a good chance that one of them leaves after this spring, whoever isn't the starter, unless they run this thing all the way into August. But I think you need at this point, you lose Deuce Hogan. Um, you've got Carson May coming in next year. You've got Joey Labus. If one of those two leaves, you got to start preparing Labus and or May to be the backup if one of these guys leaves. And that happens in the spring as well or in, in camp. So a lot of things, a lot, there are a lot of moving parts here, Randy. But uh, yeah, this to me, figuring out your quarterback situation is uh, at the top of the list of, of to, the to-do list for this month in preparing for the Citrus Bowl. Be great, again, to see Iowa's, Iowa win the Citrus Bowl. Um, and maybe you get that. Maybe both quarterbacks go out there and in their time. Uh, and to, to, to get to the root of your question, I think both quarterbacks will play in the Citrus Bowl. I would be really surprised if Spencer Petras starts and plays the whole game. Maybe that's the case. And if that's the case, Alex Padilla certainly knows where he stands uh, and he probably moves on next month. Um, but if you're trying to keep both guys engaged and you don't feel like you have a firm grip on who the better guy is for your team, I think it behooves you to practice both this month, play both in the game, and then continue that evaluation in the spring. But if you know, be honest, open, transparent with these two guys um, because you don't want to burn any bridges. You really don't. Um, you know, that's not what you want to do. I, I don't think the Deuce Hogan uh, relationship ended very well uh, by all accounts. So you want to keep this positive. Uh, it seems like the Tyrone Tracy and Tyler Goodson relationships have ended uh, at least publicly um, positively, but who knows what happens behind closed doors and guy moves on. There's probably some, uh, some feelings that, you know, why they're moving on beyond just football. So, um, but maybe it is just football. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for something that's not there. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be fascinating to see how the rest of this month plays out with the quarterback situation. And then, kind of what happens following the bowl, what happens in the bowl game, following the bowl game, and then into the spring. Because if one does leave in January, you need to then kind of expedite the development process for Joey Labus in the spring. So thanks for the question, Randy. Don't be a stranger. Check in whenever you like. Enjoy your questions. Uh, Jay Ferry at Jeff Willems 5 on Twitter. Good to hear from Jeff. Haven't heard from him in a while. Your thoughts on 2022 Iowa football and recent recruiting surge. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with the second part of your question first. Um, good to see a strong finish to the recruiting class. Um, talked about this a lot throughout the last year, you know, with, uh, with the racial bias case, I think Iowa faced some hurdles and obstacles in recruiting this class. Uh, and they've done, it's done a pretty good job of piecing this together. Um, I'm not saying that all of these guys were at the top of the list for Iowa um, at a given position, um, but obviously Xavier Wongpa, 
from Southeast Polk is the headliner of the class. He's a five-star. Um, I believe uh, he's the highest-ranked player Iowa's got it, gotten in the you know rivals scout 247 age of ranking players. I would caution people to understand that that is not a guarantee uh, at the next level by any means, but it certainly gives you a nice um, foundation from which to build. So I having seen Xavier uh, compete, you know, on the track on, and football, all that stuff, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't succeed at the next level. I would say the same for Aaron Graves, who's kind of gone under the radar a little bit in this class. Um, he's a defensive end from Gallery, Iowa, Southeast Valley. He is also a four-star. Uh, Carson May, the quarterback, is a four-star. And Caleb Johnson, who we mentioned earlier, the running back from Hamilton, Ohio, is a four-star. Um, but there are other guys that I really like in this class. I really like Caden Crawford, defensive end from Kansas, played high school, uh, quarterback, really good athlete. I think Addison Estrenga, you know, formally committed to Iowa baseball, who then flipped to Iowa football when he got a scholarship offer as a tight end, is a guy um, who I think could, you know, contribute relatively early uh, in his college career, depending on how things shake out at tight end. Um, I think, you know, the offensive lineman, uh, Kale Crow from Huxley Ballard, and uh, Jack Dotzler from uh, Wanakee, Wisconsin, I think are, are have good potential. I don't think they're guys that probably come in and play early. Uh, some development there, but I don't want to leave anybody out here. But I, I I think this is a pretty good class. The guys that I mentioned earlier, uh, who potentially will 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 sign tomorrow, um, that haven't announced their commitments yet, I think will be good additions to this class. Um, it's going to be a smaller class. I would caution people not to wring their hands over the overall ranking. Look more at the average star ranking and compare that to other schools in the Big Ten. And I think I will will um, will uh, match up fairly well. So that's uh, that's something to keep an eye on. A lot of times you know, these classes are ranked based on the volume of recruits, the number of recruits in the class that all kind of contributes to where classes are ranked. But I would, I like to, I like to look at classes more on the average star ranking. So, uh, and certainly Xavier Wongpa boosts that ranking as, as being a five-star. Um, what is he ranked now? He is the number one safety in the country and the number 21 player overall in the class, uh, regardless of position. So big time in-state commitment there. So, uh, and I think you can make a case that both the top two guys in this class, at least based on what I see as potential are two in-state guys, Xavier Wongpa and Aaron Graves. will be interesting to see how that plays out because oftentimes uh, recruiting quote unquote experts uh, don't hit the mark with their projections over what then this group is going to look like. So always see the fun to see how these develop. Um, and the other, the first part of your questions, my thoughts on 2022, Jeff, are, are kind of build off of what I've already talked about in terms of the offensive line and quarterback. Cause I think those are, 
integral parts of what things are going to look like next year. Um, you know, you're going to need some positive development at both of those positions for Iowa to be better next year. Um, I think they'll miss Tyler Goodson, uh, but I th- still think they will be a, a really talented stable of running backs uh, that can, um, that Iowa will be able to absorb the loss. I think it's going to come down more to how Iowa blocks and because um, I think all of the running backs that are going to be uh, in the backfield in that room are capable of being really good. Maybe not have the, you know, the, the burst at the end of Tyler Goodson, maybe not that big playability, um, but I th- certainly think some of these guys do. So I have to see how that shakes out. Um, so that's really, I mean, when I'm looking at 2022, a couple things come to mind. Number one, Iowa adds Michigan and Ohio State to its conference schedule as cr- on, and crossovers. This year it was Penn State, Maryland, and who the heck was the other one? Penn State, Maryland, and why am I? Because it wasn't Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan State. Um, anyway, my mind's mush. And uh, but next year it's Rutgers, which is nice. But then you have Ohio State and Michigan, so your degree of difficulty goes up. Um, you do get Wisconsin and Nebraska, and. Northwestern at home, you go to Purdue, you go to Illinois. Um, so I think projecting 10 and you get Ohio state at home or Iowa state at home too. projecting 10 regular season wins, even with what Iowa has coming back might be hard. I mean, you lose both of your cornerbacks in Hankins and Moss uh, chance. You lose your starting free safety in Jack Kerner. Chance you lose the return guy in um, Charlie Jones and, and a pretty good receiver, contributor at receiver. You lose your starting kicker in Caleb Shudak. You really need to solidify and improve at the most important position, which is quarterback, and then offensive development and being better on that side of the ball because it's going to be hard to – not that you can't be – but to be better – on defense and special teams next year is a tall task. If you lose Shudak, Jones, um, the two cornerbacks, Kerner, you know, you know, potential Dane Belton goes, I don't think he will, but there's the potential that he moves on. It's a lot to ask for the defense and special teams to be better than they were this year. And if that's the case, your offense better be better next year in terms of the complimentary football. And uh, that, you know, the jury is out on that. We'll see what happens this offseason. We'll see if there's developments there. We'll see if there's, you know, necessary changes, modernization, uh, things that make the offense less predictable. All of those things uh, are on the table, I think, this offseason, Jeff. So, um, those are kind of my initial thoughts on 22. I'll dig in more probably next month once I get a better idea, at least for the, the first flurry of roster change uh, after the bowl game and the NFL um, draft deadline comes about and we see who's back and who's not. Um, but those are kind of just my initial thoughts right now based on what we saw this last season. 
beyond even, you know, beyond some of the player personnel is the offensive issues need to be addressed. You can't be that inept offensively. It just puts too much pressure on your defense and special teams. And again, it's a tall task to ask for those units to be better than they were this year. They carry the load this year. The offense needs to carry more of the load next year. I think that's it for, um, let's see here. Uh, Make sure I didn't miss anything. Nope, that was it. Just the three this week. And I appreciate all of you guys, Kinnick, uh, Randy, and Jeff for checking in on that this week. Um, uh, Sorry, got distracted there. But I appreciate uh, everybody listening to the podcast, I appreciate again those guys that uh, sent in the questions. Um, kind of week to week basis here. May have a, a, a mailbag next week. We'll kind of see what the uh, what the participation level is. If you guys have anything now between now uh, and then, use the HF mail hashtag um, and uh, I will. If I see uh, there's a decent response during the week this week i'll I'll roll and do another mailbag next week uh if not i will probably try to roll in a substance podcast before substance before style podcast but either way we'll be back to talk to you next tuesday in one form or another here on the hawk fanatic podcast feed again thanks everybody for listening thanks again for the questions uh and we will talk to you next week